Wow, that'll turn a Baptist into a Pentecostal quick, right? <laughs> Amen. I love that song, Dwayne. Thank you. We need to do that again and again and again, right? You know, you can call me names. You can make fun of me. You can persecute me. Cancer can take my body. But nobody can take my hallelujah. Right? Nobody. Nothing whatsoever can take the joy of my salvation or my hallelujah. Thank you so much for being here. What a day, right? What a day in the Lord's house we're having this morning. All week, we've been celebrating all week. The men's conference was phenomenal. Again, we had around 1,200 guys here, and Tony Evans and Jonathan did a great job. And, and D-Now, what a week for our D-Now students. I, they gave me a shirt, said, I'm going to wear it Sunday, right? I've earned this shirt. They came to my house three times yesterday. I had to sing Christmas carols and dance and all sort of stuff for, for our student now. Anything for our students. And one thing that excites me about D-Now and about our students, we had a lot of our former students who came back and helped lead that. That is so often. Parks here today, one of our missionary sons graduated from Lindsay Lane Christian Academy, enrolled right now at Texas A&M, doing an awesome job. All of our former students are coming back, and I thank God for what God's done here at Lindsay Lane in raising up the next generation. So all, I want all of our D-Now students and leaders to stand up right now. We just want to recognize you today. All the, most of them's home sleeping right now, brother. <laughs> thank you guys, all the leaders, thank you. Thank you. I saw Hollis here today and Nathan, a lot of our former leaders. Thank you so much. And Josh, Shirley, and Katie, and, all, and Samantha, all of our leaders did an excellent job with that. And I praise God for them. Well, my mama calls it fast time. <laughs> uh, they, she said, we're on that fast time now, right? Well, it's moving pretty quick, isn't it? And so uh, I'm glad you're here today. I, I really am honored to be here today and speaking once again. Over the next two weeks, I'm going to be talking about the church. What better subject other than Jesus himself to talk about than the church? I love my church. Don't you? I love my church. I love Lindsay Lane. What a blessing it's been in my life and Patsy's life. And so I want you to turn to Psalms 84. I'll be there about 30 minutes from now. We'll get to Psalms 84 and read the text. But I just want to, I want you to turn there now and prepare. So I want to pray. I want to pray. You know, sometimes we limit prayer to people getting off the stages and things like that. We don't really seek the Lord. And so I want to seek Him this morning. I want to thank Him. I want to praise Him. Dwayne, thank you for the worship. It's led my heart to praise. And that's what I want to do. I want to thank Him. He's worthy of our praise. So let's bow our heads and our hearts together. Our Father and our Lord, You are so worthy of our worship. You're worthy of our praise, our glory, our adoration, all goes to you. We're nothing without you. Absolutely nothing. Father, we've experienced a great week this week here at Lindsay Lane with our D-Now and our men's conference and just Bible studies and, and fellowship together, all those things. And then we get to cap it off today, being in the Lord's house on the Lord's day, worshiping you and praising you as we've done this morning. And then, Lord, we get to hear a word from you now from Psalms 84 as we talk about the church. Father, would you speak into our hearts? Would you make church be more than something we just do on Sunday? Would you make church be part of our life that we get to come here, we get to worship you in freedom and in truth? 
So, Lord, you established the church. Christ is the head, and we're the body and the bride. And I want to thank you for your church. Thank you, Father, that you sent Christ to be the head of the church, to establish the church, and, Lord, to die for our sin, that we may be forgiven and we may be saved, and that we may come to church to worship you, not only here, but anywhere we are, but, Lord, especially here as we gather on the first day of the week. Father, to give you praise and glory. And that's what we want to do today. Speak into our hearts. Lord, thank you for this great church. Thank you for Lindsay Lane East and Lindsay Lane North. Bless those services today as well. But Father, we just pray today for the anointing of your Holy Spirit to speak into our hearts and into our lives as only you can. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we got up this morning, my wife and I, about 4 o'clock, or Bradley, was it 5? I mean, it might have been 5, right? It was somewhere in between there. We got up. First thing I do is get a cup of coffee. She gets hot tea. And then we sit down, and then I go over the message. I, I just pray God to give me a recall of the message and all of those things. I go over that, and then we do, she goes over her lesson. She's a teacher here in our Connect group, and so we study together. And then, uh, and then we pray, and then we begin to get ready. We turn on David Jeremiah on the TV and watch him and listen to maybe the radio a little bit, and then we get ready. And then we get out and get ready. Then Patsy comes out and writes our time check. We put it to get that ready. Then I go turn out all the lights in the house, right? And then I turn in the coach's mode. Come on, baby, you can do it. We got to go. We got to go. We can do it. You can do it. And so here we are. We're here on Sunday morning at God's church. Now, why in the world would we get up that early and begin reading devotions, begin studying our lesson to get ready for church? Why in the world would we do that on Sunday morning, early Sunday morning? You know why? Because we love our church and because church is not a way of life. Church is our life. This is our life. That's what we do. We're Christians. That's just what we do on Sunday morning. We get up early and get ready. And you need to start getting ready on Saturday night. It'll help you Sunday morning with a lot less fight. But anyway, you get prepared and you come to church on Sunday. It's just what I've been doing all these years. It's because I'm a Christian. Because this is the house of the Lord. And I love Jesus. And I love His church. And I want to be here with you because I love you too. We are the church. It's not this building. It's us. It's Christ. He established the church. We are the church. And so when we come to church, it means something to us. And so we're not just playing church. Right? It's like little Johnny. He's outside playing with the kittens. The cat's had little kittens. He's got five kittens there, and his mother's looking out the window. You know what he's doing? He's preaching to those kittens. He's got them all there, and he's preaching. His mother looks out the window and says, oh, my word, isn't that awesome? And he's just preaching his little heart out to those kittens. And a few minutes later, his mother begins to wash the dishes. She heard this awful squeal and, and just crying, wondering what's going on. She looks out the window, and little Johnny has those five kittens in a tub of water just pushing them under. She said, little Johnny, she raised the window, little Johnny, what are you doing? What are you doing? He says, I'm baptizing these kittens. She said, well, don't you know that kittens hate water? He said, they should have thought about that before they joined the church. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) A few minutes later, she looks out again. And there's little Johnny playing church again. All of a sudden, he rolls up this little white paper like a cigarette. He begins to do this. 
She raises the wind again. Little Johnny, what in the world are you doing now? He says, I'm playing like I'm chairman of the deacons. <laughs> Can I get a witness? <laughs> amen and amen. Well, we're not to play church. We're to be the church. Right? We're not to play church and just put on the religious mask on Sundays and Wednesday nights. And we're to be the church. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's an awesome thing when we get to realize who we are as, a, as, a, as Christians. The Bible says in Psalms 122, in verse 1, it says this, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Amen. Aren't you glad that the Lord loves His church? That He let you and I be a part of that? And so I hope you love your church. I hope that you're part of the family. This is the family of God. We're the house of God. This is our church home, right? And so uh, I hope you feel that way. By the way, how do you feel about your church? Do you love church? If you love the Lord, you ought to love His church. So let me ask you a few questions. Where do you go when you're experiencing trials and tribulation? Who do you call on when a fire or a tornado destroys everything you have? Where you, when, what's going to happen when your spouse walks out? Or the kids are going wayward and on drugs and the parents may leave the home. When you have lost your job or illness sets in and you're flat on your back, who do you call? Who do you turn to? What do you do? And where do you go? When the storms of life hit your home, your house, your life, who do you run to? Where do you go? Who are you going to call? Who are you going to turn to? I'll never forget a few months ago, I got a call, as many of you did, about Jamie Castillo. I saw Miss Donna here this morning. And they said, uh, she's at the hospital with Jamie. Jamie passed away. And so... 49 years old, I went up there, and I'll never forget walking into that room with his mother standing there over his body with friends, and her pastor walks in, and we embrace, and I cry with her, and we just stand there together with other friends. Let me ask you something. What if that was you? Who would you call? Who are you going to turn to? When devastation hits your life and your heart and your home, who would you turn to? Who would you call? I was also called to the hospital several years ago. I'll never forget this either. And they said, would you come up here? There's a family up here lost a loved one, and I'm telling you, they're distraught. And I went up there. There was no sign of God. They were cussing one another, blaming one another for the death of the, whoever it was. It was horrible. It was horrible. You know, it's never easy when you lose a loved one, is it? But I'm telling you, when you have a church family, people who call you, her connect group, her friends, her church was surrounding her there at the hospital. And then during the service, there, her connect group had a, had a lunch for them and things like that. And It's just an awesome thing to be a part of the body of Christ, isn't it? When things like that happen, you need a church family. 
I don't understand how people get through it that don't have a church family. And the truth is, they don't. They don't. You need a church family more than you realize. You need a church home. It's very important and imperative that you have a church family. <clears throat> on the screen, I want to read this statement on the screen. Read it with me. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is where you go to receive instruction in the Word of God. A place to glean godly counsel from others, to study God's Word with family and friends. Learning how to live a godly, moral life. To connect with others in receiving godly counsel in things like raising children, how to grow spiritually, and how to work through a happy marriage. To fellowship with others who have the same godly values and morals at heart. Experiencing life together with others on how to live the Christian life by being strengthened and encouraged through Bible classes and biblical preaching. That's what a church can help you with. Oh, my dear friend, you need a church, and you need a church home and a church family. Well, I got an outline in your bulletin. It's pretty healthy. Got a healthy outline, all right? I like to do that to keep you on track. Keeps me on track, right? Because if I go off script, I can be here a long time. You know that, right? And so I want to kind of stay on script. So here's the truth in your outline. You don't get saved by going to church. You go to church because you are saved. Right? You don't go to church just to get saved. You can get saved at church, but you go to church because you are saved. You know, someone asked a question of Johnny Hunt. I heard him say this years ago. He said, do you have to go to church to be a Christian? No, but you do to be a good one. Right? You do to be a good one. Your testimony, your influence. And by the way, why wouldn't you want to be a church? If you're a Christian, if I'm a Whopper, I'm going to be at Burger King, hanging out. Big Mac's going to be at the McDonald's. It just goes together. So the church and the Christian go together. And you can learn, like I just read, we learn so many things. It's sad that most people, a lot of people, only go to church for three things. To be dedicated to be married, and to be buried. They go to be hatched, dispatched, and matched. <laughs> Three times. Hatched, matched, and dispatched. Sad, isn't it? So come to church. Come early in a Baptist church. Get your seat on the back row. Amen? So come on down here. We want to have you. Those watching by live stream, some of you can't be here physically, but some of you can. We got room for you here at Lindsay Lane. So come on down. All right? So in Psalms 84, Psalms 84 is a, is a psalm of the sons of Korah. Now, they sang this psalm. These are psalms that they sang. And by the way, they were singing this song on their pilgrimage up to Jerusalem to Mount Zion to go to the temple. The temple was out at Mount Zion, and so in Jerusalem, they're going up to Jerusalem, they were singing uh, this song. Now in Psalms 84, let's look at verse 1 through 4 for a moment. Read it with me. And by the way, I'm reading from the New King James Version. How lovely is your tabernacle. Notice that. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. 
they will still be praising you. Like we did this morning, praising the Lord. So we read these passages of Scripture. And so the equivalent of of the tabernacle, it means talking about the sanctuary there in Jerusalem, Mount Zion. The equivalent of that is what Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18. I will build my church on this rock and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then we see the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, especially Acts chapter 2, the implementation of the church. They gathered together, they worshiped together, they gave offerings together. All of those things, they ate from house to house. They had fellowship with one another. And so we see the church implemented in Acts chapter 2. Jesus established the church. He's the head of the church. You're the body. I'm the body. We're the bride of Christ. And one day he's coming back for his bride. Amen? And we'll be with him forever and ever and ever. Now, there's two concepts when you talk about the church. I want to give you these two concepts just for a moment. The universal church and the local church. Now, the universal church is the church invisible, if you want to put it that way. It's the church of all the Christians all over the world. There's Christians all over the world who are part of the body of Christ. That's the universal church. That's the church invisible. And then there's the local church, which is the church visible. That's the church visible. In other words, Lindsay Lane. You can see our church. We pass by this church. We gather in this church. This is the local church. The Lord himself uh, admonished and, and, and gave a mandate to Apostle Paul. He raised him up. He saved him on the road to Damascus and, and there. And so when he was saved, he gave him a mandate to really go out to the Gentile nation and establish the church. And that's what the Apostle Paul did. He began to establish the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we're part of the local church here at Lindsay Lane. This is our home. This is our church family. And the universal church is, is worldwide, the universal church. So the Lord helped Apostle Paul. He commanded him, if you will, admonished him to start new churches in the Gentile nation. He went out to the Gentile nation and he started churches like Corinth, Galatia, Philippi, Thessalonica, Rome, and Ephesus. All of those were local body of churches. And so Paul established those. And so when we see the local church, we learn in the church. We're here today to learn from the Lord God himself. Some of you have been to connect groups. Hopefully all of you have. But I hope you're part of a connect group. Because in that connect group, you have someone who is teaching, someone who is leading. And like our class, I'm in the men's class. Danny Southern is my teacher. And we have a lot of discussion that men, we deal with the word of God. We talk about men things and things like that as well. But we're getting taught the word of God. And you're doing that in your local connect group. And so when you come at nine o'clock, you're in a connect group, you get taught the word of God. And then we gather in here for worship. We gather in here for the preaching of God's word. And so we're being taught how to live a life in our marriage and raising children and parents and all of those things. We're learning how to live the Christian life. And so I want to give you these four things that we kind of learn, if you will. We, we gather and we glean from God's Word. And these are some of the things that Paul was teaching in the local church. Number one, our doctrine dictates our direction. Our doctrine, our absolutes from God's Word, the principles and precepts from God's Word, they dictate our direction in life. Aren't you glad that God has a plan for your life? And God gives your word so it can dictate your direction in your life. It's who you are. Number two, God's word directs our walk. 
God's Word directs our path, our walk, if you will, a walk of righteousness. When I became a Christian, I didn't really know this at the time, but I learned it, that I became righteous. God took my sin through Christ, and He gave me Christ's righteousness. So now I'm walking in righteousness. And so that's what God's Word does. It directs our walk. Number three, our belief determines our behavior. Our belief determines our behavior. And isn't, it, isn't it great that God can change a heart? God can change our beliefs the way we used to be. That now we believe in Christ. We're, we're learning the Word of God. And it's changing our behavior. We don't behave the way we used to. Hallelujah. We don't behave the way we used to. It's our faith. See, my faith determines my walk, if you will, and it determines my behavior. It's because I got saved and I have faith in Christ that He's changed my way of life. And so I'm grateful for that. And then number four, our creed disciples our character. The creed, if you will, what we have, the Word of God, the principles, the disciplines, our character. All of us have character issues, right? We have character behaviors even. And so when we, when we have the creed of God's Word, when we're learning God's Word, it helps, if you will, disciple us. And that's what happens in connect groups. That's what happens when we come in here. That's what happens in your Bible studies, in your devotions. You're being discipled by God's creed and God's Word. And so all of these things are working together to develop you, to discipline you, and to direct you and dictate what goes on in your life. That's why Paul started the Christian church, if you will, in the Gentile nation. So they too could learn about God. They too could learn about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's why we're here this morning. I just want you to know I'm so honored and so blessed to be your pastor this many years. We've been able to teach the things we've been able to teach. And then Andy John, oh my word, what a word last Sunday. Oh my word, that boy shook the corn, amen? He shook the corn last Sunday. He's going to be our pastor. And so it's what an awesome thing that we get to hear the man of God, if you will, in the service when we come into the family of God. And we get to sit with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And let Father God teach us. Let Father God love on us through His people. And so that's what the church is all about. It's not just coming in here and, and said, I went to church. I'm going to see my brothers and sisters. We're going to have family. We're going to eat together on the Word of God. Right? So we're eating together this morning. We're growing too, by the way. Sometimes we take a church like Lindsay Lane for granted where we get taught the Word of God, where we get loved on, and where we are part of something that's vibrant and growing. I like what Jerry Vine said. Jerry Vine said, some members need a six-month sentence to a dead church, and then they will appreciate being a part of a vibrant church. <laughs> Have you ever been a part of a dead church? There's no life, nothing really happening. And so the, God's blessed Lindsay Lane. And so in verse number 1, the writer says, I'm longing. Look at, the, look at the imagery here. Look in verse number 1. How lovely is your tabernacle. My soul longs. Yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. I just couldn't wait to get here this morning. I, I really couldn't. Not because I'm preaching, but I just love my church. I love being in church on Sunday. I just really do. And I love being at Lindsay Lane. I just loved our worship this morning. I love my connect group this morning. I love my church, Karen. I love my church. 
And I love you. And so it, it means something. So I'm longing for Lindsay Lane. I'm longing for the house of God. A tabernacle. Some translations say synagogue. Or maybe it says a sanctuary. This is a sanctuary. This is a safe haven from the world. Right? Don't you feel safe in here? Not just because we got the best security in the world. We have. We got great security. Some of them even had a gun on. Oh my word, this morning. I saw one. <laughs> I'm protected. But I thank God I'm protected by my Father. And I'm in His sanctuary. I'm in the house of God. And I'm in the safe haven, if you will, of the Lord. I really am. I feel safe here. I feel safe out there with God in my heart. But I really feel safe in here, in the sanctuary. This is where we worship. This is the sanctuary of God. David really got a hold of who God was and how he loved to worship God in the sanctuary. If you would, turn to Psalms 27, very quickly. Psalms chapter 27, and look at verses uh, 4 through 6. Psalms 27, verses 4 through 6. I want you to hear David's heart. David loved God. He loved the Lord. He worshipped Him. Oh, how he worshipped Him. And so... One day he ran through town half naked, dancing before the Lord. Remember that? But we're not going to go that far this morning, right? So, but we are going to worship him, and we are. So look in verse 4, Psalms 27, verse 4. One thing I have desire of the Lord that I will seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord. All the days of my life, not just this Sunday or next Sunday or on Easter or Christmas, but I want to dwell in the house of the Lord in all my life forever. The Lord, the sanctuary here and the sanctuary in heaven. To behold, watch this. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, here it is. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion or in his sanctuary or in his arms. Just like Miss Donna got comforted by her church. It was God, we be in the hands and feet of God comforting her and her family. Just like you have been. All of us who go through those things. That's what David said, in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his provision. In the secret places of his tabernacle, he shall hide me and he shall set me high upon a rock. Verse 6, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And therefore I will offer sacrifices of praise and worship. Of joy in his tabernacle I will sing, oh yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Amen. Isn't that awesome? He loved the house of the Lord. And so here we are in the house of the Lord today. And the Bible says in, in Hebrews ten twenty five. Do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So what, the Bible says that. Not just Pastor Dusty. But the Bible says don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is. But exhorting one another. Encouraging one another. As much as you see, capital D, the day approaching. What does that mean? It means Jesus is coming back to claim his bride, his body, the church. And so as a Christian, I'm part of that body of Christ. I belong to Him. Now let me give you these four things very quickly as we close. Watch this. These four things I want to draw out of this text today, out of Psalms 84. Number one, the church is a lovely place. Did you catch that in verse number one? 
Look at verse 1 again in chapter 84. Turn back there. Psalms chapter 84. Watch this. How lovely is your tabernacle. I think Lindsay Lane's a pretty beautiful place, don't you? I hear that all the time. You know, when people visit us, we've had this happen all through the years. When people visit us, they walk through those doors and they see this sanctuary. They say, oh my word, how beautiful this place is. And it is a beautiful place. All three of our sanctuaries have been beautiful. This is our third one. Our first one was built in 1988. It was, it was nice too, a small sanctuary. And then in 1996, we built our second sanctuary. It was a beautiful place. Seat about 500. We weren't in there very long, went to two services. And then we built this sanctuary in 2002. And so when we built this sanctuary, we had been building and building and building. And we didn't cut any corners when we built this sanctuary in our new children's facility as well. You know why? Because God, He goes first class. Don't you think we'll go first class with God? Don't you think we'll do our best, be our best, and give our best for God? Have you ever been to Tuscaloosa? Have you ever been to Jordan-Hare? Ever been to those stadiums that cost millions and millions of dollars that Tide Pride, War Eagle, all of those things contribute to? Have you ever been a part of those things? Sure you have. I've been in those too. They cost millions of dollars. They're beautiful edifices. Don't we think the house of God ought to be the same or even above those things? So the next time you give to Tried Pride or War Eagle, just remember your church offering. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? And by the way, you gave great last week. Thank you, church. Thank you for being a giving church. That's why I love my church, too. We're a giving church. And I'm not talking about monetary things. I'm talking about the way you give, the way you step up to people who are hurting, the way you're always there visiting people who are down and out, and the way you're always ministering to others in Bible study and giving them your time and your talent. Some of these people were out all weekend on D-Now, and some of our students and have been former students left and came back to give back, and you're always giving. You're always giving. It's what makes this church the church that it is. It's because people give of themselves. We give of ourselves. And so when you see these beautiful edifices all the way, don't we think God's house ought to be the most beautiful place of all? It's because of us. And by the way, if you want to check me out on that, you read, the, you read about the temple of Herod and the temple of David. And you watch how God told how to build those temples. I mean, he didn't cut any corners. No corners. Read about them. The best for God. And the people gave their best. So the church is a lovely place. It's a lovely place. By the way, in the Hebrew word there for lovely also means loving. It's a loving place. I hear this all the time. Brother Randy and I and Andy John now teaching the new members class. And people say this. Boy, this is the most friendliest church I've ever been in. Bradley, good to see you. Bradley Walker, he's sung here. He's my bud. May get him saying anyway. No, I'm just kidding, Bradley. Thank you for being here. But I, I was get to talk to his family when they came in and got to love on them and, and just welcome them. And you do that all the time. We got greeters. That's, that's just you. You're all greeters. We're all greeters. And people say, boy, this is a friendly church. It's because you're making them welcome. I heard about a little boy. He, and D.L. Moody had his church in Chicago and a little boy used to walk to church and he passed three or four churches getting to D.L. Moody's church. And one day, one of those pastors of those other churches called him aside and said, Listen, I notice you're walking down to D.L. Moody's church. Why do you pass my church and why do you pass these other churches? 
the little boy said this, because down at D.L. Moody's church, they love little boys like me. They love little kids like me there. And we love our children, don't we? We love our students. We love our middle age. We love our senior adults. We love all of you. And we want to love on you. This is a loving place. This is a loving, loving place here at Lindsay Lane. It's a friendly place where when you come, you ought to be loved on. Do you know that people out there are looking for love, but they're looking for love in all the wrong places? I was one of those. I was looking for love. Didn't even realize it, but I was. But I was looking in all the wrong places. And then when I got to be a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, I just thought about, oh my word, look what I've been missing all these years. 27 years I've been missing the love that I could have had. Unconditional love. People just loved me. They gave me a Bible in my seat in my connect group the first week I was there. Somebody bought me a Bible. Put it in my church. I mean, in my seat. I still got it. And so we're looking for love. And people want to be loved. Jesus said, love one another. That commandment. First commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then love one another. Right? Love each other. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2.17, Honor all people. Love the brother, brotherhood. This sanctuary is a loving Lovely place. Number two, the church is a living place. In verses two through four, it's a living place. This is a vibrant. We're not a dead church here at Lindsay Lane. We're a vibrant church. We're alive. The Bible says in Psalms 42, one and two, as a deer pants for the water brook, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God, for the living God. Buddha's dead. Muhammad's dead. Those are gods that are dead. But God, God's alive. Amen. God, our God's alive. Our Jehovah, our God through Christ is alive and vibrant. And this church is a living organism. It's not just an organization. I know some people don't like structured church and all, and I can understand why. I can understand why. You know, some people, some churches, if you deviate from the bulletin, it's like the unpartable sin. I mean, the bulletin, oh, I got off the bulletin. Well, what about the Holy Spirit? God couldn't even get in some churches. Because we've, we've, we've distinguished and we've neglected the Holy Spirit of God. When you come to church, it'll be a lively place. It'll be a place where it's vibrant, where something's going on, where the music's awesome. And it stirs our heart. It moves our heart. And the preaching is anointed, anointed of God that it really begins to convict and move us and challenge us. And it really helps us to grow in the Lord. That's what a vibrant church is. And then we get to fellowship with each other all the time. And we do that here at Lindsay Lane. It shouldn't be boring. I don't want to go to a boring church. Do you? I don't want to be boring. I don't want to be boring. I hope I'm not. I, hope, I know Andy John's not. Amen. And so I, I, we, we're, this is a vibrant church where you can come and hear the Word of God. And, and I love this quote. I want to read it to you. I found this by, it's by William Templeton. William Temple. I really believe he really has diagnosed what the church really means. See, some of you are here, and maybe you're in, a, in a, an ungodly relationship right now. Or maybe you're on drugs or alcohol, or maybe you just did something last night you shouldn't have and all of that. Listen to what I'm going to share with you from William Temple. Listen to this. He describes the church. The church isn't a fortress in the community, but a wide open door through which people come in. People come with all of their culture, all of their prejudice, all of their sin, their hang-ups, their background, and baggage elbowing in along with them. 
Church members bring their sinful nature into the church the same way they bring it into the bank and to the grocery store. Sinners and their sin are inseparable. We may be our best behavior in God's house, but all, at one time or another, all of us will have our sinfulness boil to the surface. And so the church, your church, is where a deacon might elope with the receptionist. It's where the student minister may have an affair with a beautiful blonde alto in the third row. It's where couples get divorced, where kids get pregnant, and embezzlements get three to five. It's where life happens. It's also where faith is enriched and forgiveness is asked and bestowed. It's where people come in spite of their sin, claiming the power of Christ in their lives. If nobody ever sinned, nobody would ever need the church. Right? That's who we are. That's who we are here at Lindsay Lane. We're sinners who need Christ and need grace. I like to call Lindsay Lane a hospital for sinners. That's what we are. We're a hospital for sinners. And so we bring our sin in here, but I hope we don't leave with it. I hope we just don't leave the way we came in. I hope we don't come to Christ the way and leave Him the way we came to Him. He'll change your life. He'll change your behavior. He'll change your lifestyle. If you'll only give Him a shot at it. I'm telling you, He'll do that. It's a place where we come to live, not a place where we come to die. This church is alive. We sing it all the time. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was blind, lost, but now I, I'm found. And now I can see. It's a special place. Number three, it's a learning place. This is a learning place. Look in verses 9 through 12 in our text. And I need to close. Watch this, verse 9 through 12 in chapter 84 of Psalms. O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. That would be Jesus, the Messiah. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand in Denny Stadium. Jordan Hare. <laughs> I, that's, I added that. That's not even in there. Y'all do know that, right? <clears throat> A day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper, a greeter in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wickedness. For the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Wow. So we're at a learning place and we're learning today. There's, there's three things I want to give you about that. This is number one. Christ's church is a shield of protection. I've already alluded to that, but it's a shield of protection. Verse number nine talks about this shield. And verse number 11 talks about how God is a shield of, of protection. A shield against what? A shield against worldliness. Carnality. Right? He's a shield against those things. Listen to these verses of Scripture very quickly. Matthew 16, 18. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Listen to Psalms 3, 2 and 3. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. We sing that song. Psalms 5, 12. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteousness. With favor you surround him with a shield. In verse 
And, and then in Psalms 28, 7 through 9, we won't have time to turn there, but I want you to put write that down. Psalms 28, 7 through 9 again is a, is a song about the shield of protection. Number two, Christ's church is a sanctuary of support. A sanctuary of support. I've alluded to that, but verse 10 talks about that. Listen to Psalms 34, 8 through 10. It's what it says. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The lion, the young lions like and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Exactly what he says in verse number 11. Those who call on the Lord and beat it to him will lack no good thing. God takes care of us in our support, in the sanctuary of support. Number three, Christ's church is the strength for spiritual growth. I've alluded to that as well. This is where you're going to grow as a Christian. I've had countless people tell me, Pastor, I'm learning so much here at the church. I'm learning so much in my connect group, through your messages and through other things. I'm learning so much here at Lindsay Lane. And by the way, if you'll only believe and trust in Him and apply yourself and come and sit under the preaching of God's Word, I promise you, you're going to grow. You're going to grow. But you've got to have a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. Isaiah 40, 31, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and they shall not faint. One of my favorite passages of Scripture in the Bible is Psalms 46, 1. God is my refuge and my strength, a present help in times of trouble. And so is His church. So is His church. God loves through the church. God lives through the church. God helps us learn through the church. I hope you're a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I really do. I'd love for you to be a part of Lindsay Lane. We're going to have an invitation and give you an opportunity to come join the church. First of all, you need to be saved. The first thing anybody does is baptize into the church. You need to become to the church as a Christian. And so you're baptized as a Christian to Christ's church. And so if you never received Christ as your Savior, today would be a great day. Just like Bubba did. Just like others, three of them we baptized last Sunday. And so these are being baptized into the church, if you will. If you don't have a church family or church home, I would highly recommend Lindsay Lane. Highly recommend it. You're going to be loved on here. You're going to learn here. It's a lovely place. It's a loving place. Why don't you think about that right now and pray as I pray for you. And we give an invitation for you to come. Maybe you want to join today. Maybe you want to be saved today. Maybe you just want to come and pray. Something's on your heart. We want you to have that opportunity this morning. So let's bow our heads. Let's just stand together all over the building. Let's stand together. Father, as we stand right now, shoulder to shoulder, Lord, by people, some we know, some we don't know. But Lord, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the church. This is the body and the bride of Christ. And so we come here, Lord, as, as members of your body. Some, most of us are members of the local church. But some here are not members. Some of those who haven't really united yet with this body of believers here in a local church called Lindsay Lane, I pray for them to come today. This will be a good day for them to join the church, but mainly because we're saved. Lord, we join the church because we are saved. And some need to come to be saved. The first step they need to take is salvation. I pray they would come and receive Christ into their life 
as personal Savior and be a part of His church. Some need to come, maybe by statement, by letter. Some need to come and make this their church home. They moved into this area. This is where they worship. I pray they would come today. And the altar will be open for some that just want to come and pray about something in their life, on their heart. So, Lord, would you do a great work continuously here at Lindsay Lane? Would you move on our hearts now? Would you stir our heart? And would you draw us by the power of the Holy Spirit of a living God? And, Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praise and give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Wayne's going to lead us. We're going to sing. And we're going to invite you. This is an invitation. because we're going to invite you to come. If you have any need at all, we'd love to help you with it. So why don't you come as we sing? I'm forgiven because you were saved. That's right. You come on. God speaks to your heart, then you come. You were condemned. I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. It's amazing, isn't it? I'm forgiven. Because you were forsaken, I accepted you were condemned. I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how. Maybe there's something in your heart and maybe you don't want to come forward today, but we can help you with. Please see us after the service today. We'll show you how you can take the next step in, what, in being a part of Lindsay Lane or how you can receive Christ. There's a card in the back of the pew. You can take that and fill it out. A lot of men did that Thursday night, filled out those cards. Well, please do that. What we're saying is this. Anyway, anyhow, we can help you in your path, in your journey to God. We would love to do that. So please call on us. Let us know how we can help you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being in the sanctuary, in the house of God. And I pray today before you leave, somebody will speak to you or shake your hand. Or get, Now we're in the age of fist pumps, right? So many don't feel comfortable shaking hands. I'm going to hug your neck, all right? So I'm going to really give you a vibe. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I love you guys. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for blessing. Thank you, Lord, for showing yourself strong in this place. And, Lord, we love you. We love Jesus. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for this great church. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.